0: Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast Weekly Sermon Podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. Tune in on Sundays at one of our four online broadcast times, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., or 8 p.m. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. For those that don't know me, my name is Marco Barras, pastor here at New Life. And uh, I just want to encourage you to do something today. And, and I know this is a challenge because we're not here physically. But I want to challenge you to stay with the message all the way through. Because I believe that we are a teaching church. And teaching means that I have to be a student, right? And as a student, I have to take in not just the information, but I have to also be able to digest it so that I can actually live it. So I wanna encourage you to stick with this, and I know it's tough because I have five kids. I know that some of you, this is gonna be a challenge, but do your best to try to stay all the way through because I do believe that God has something to speak to us about. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about a spirit-filled life, and how God intended for every believer to be filled with this spirit and he comes to empower you so that you may live the life he created you to live in the first place and so we've been kind of going back to the beginning back to the book of Acts where the church was first birthed Jesus said that the spirit was going to come and he was going to empower these believers to carry his message to the to the ends of the earth, and now here we are, 21 centuries later, still preaching the same Jesus, still seeing the same miracles and signs and wonders. I've been enjoying uh, getting reports for what God's doing in in people's homes. Uh, Today, pre-service, you guys heard an amazing, miraculous story of a man that comes to our church who was miraculously healed in his living room. Uh, last Sunday as he was watching the broadcast. So we thank God for for what he's doing in our midst. And I'm so thankful that God transcends all obstacles, you know, to get to us. And and he does that through the power of his Holy Spirit. So today I want to talk to you about the fact that once you have the Spirit of God, it empowers you now to live a, not just an empowered life, but to live the role that he created you to live. So I want to talk to you today about living the spirit-filled role that God has for each and every one of us. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, by this time, the church had grown to at least 10,000 people. In Acts chapter 6 so they were growing rapidly and we pray that we continue to see that happen in our midst. There were rumblings of discontent. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So there was some beef in the food pantry. So the 12 called a meeting of all believers they said we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then the apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Verse five, everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Permenus, and Nicholas of Antioch. If you're looking for some names for your children, you're welcome. An early convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So, the church grows rapidly, and there's thousands of people now in this movement called the church. And, and any time there's a movement of people, there's going to be some issues, right? They say, more money, more problems. I say, more people, more problems, right? And, and so here they are in the middle of this amazing move of God, but there's some discontentment going on in their midst because some believers felt that other believers were being discriminated and it's interesting because here we are 21 centuries later i would say there's nothing new under the sun we still have these issues Whatever you find people there's going to be some discontentment right there's going to be some 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 issues going on and it shows you that listen we're just humans right and the thing that i think we all have to understand is that the church is not a perfect place Matter that effect The church is a group of people who are very imperfect. The only perfect in this equation is God himself. And that's why the Holy Spirit has to be in the middle to be able to help us deal with the discontentment and all of these arguments and and things that come up. And sometimes I find it amazing that uh, we allow the enemy to let us focus on what we don't agree on versus what we should be agreeing upon. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, it's easy to not have unity because we all have our own thing, right? But the beauty of this is when the Spirit of God is in the middle of a community, then there is not just power, but there's wisdom to deal with these situations and circumstances that are going to come up, right? And so for the first time, they're facing a crisis, just like we're facing a crisis right now. And there is a little bit of discontentment happening in the middle. And so what do they do? They decide to pray and act on wisdom, basically. I find it fascinating sometimes in the church that a lot of what we need is just common sense, right? Sometimes we over-spiritualize things, but sometimes all we need, I think the Holy Spirit gives you common sense, right? I think the Holy Spirit is is practical, like The Holy Spirit comes and says, okay, we got a problem, here's a solution, right? Sometimes I think we want God to be up in heaven, go and behold, I'm speaking to you. But I think a lot of times, God just whispers a solution to you, right? God just says, hey, why don't you guys try this, right? Why don't you try that, right? And so here is the apostles who are the first disciples saying, wait, let's pray about it. And here's the thing, we, we can do this. There's a solution to this thing, right? It's not the end of the world. I wanna to say to somebody out there, whatever you're facing, it's not the end of the world, right? Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, to help you deal with whatever situation you find yourself in because I guarantee you for every situation, there's a solution. If we just go to the Spirit of God first, right? So my friends, if you're taking notes at home, I wanna tell you this. The Holy Spirit makes you a problem solver. I think that's the difference between a leader and a follower, right? Followers just follow what they're feeling and what's in front of them. Leaders stop to consider what is the solution. And I really believe this, that the Holy Spirit comes to make us all problem solvers. I think that you're a better mom when you have the Holy Spirit. I think you're a better dad when you have the Holy Spirit, right? I think you're a better consultant, a business businessman or businesswoman when you have the Holy Spirit, right? I think you're a better teacher when you have, all of us are teachers right now right? This pandemic has made us all, if you're a parent, you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you're a psychiatrist, you're a gym teacher, right? You solve problems all day long. I I can't imagine being a parent without the Holy Spirit, right? So, the Holy Spirit comes, my friends, to allow us to solve problems, right? And so, the beauty of this is, for the first time in the church movement, they begin to delegate, because Here's something that's very important for us to understand. When God says, I come to fill you with the Holy Spirit, I came to make you a problem solver, and I came to empower you to live the spirit role that I have for you to live, right? That's why I think right now it's so critical that we are are going after the Holy Spirit because we're not gathering together as one, but we need more than ever the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to live out the life that he created us to live. That each one of us has the ability to problem solve. Each one of us have the ability to become part of the solution to whatever problem arises at home, in our workplace, and in our church communities, can you say amen? So this is the beginning of them showing that the Holy Spirit comes to teach us how to delegate, how to have tasks, and how everybody plays a role in the community called the church. Because it was God's intention from the beginning that everyone plays a role. If you go back to Genesis 1, God had already had a task for humanity. He says, listen, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, like control it. There's a role for you to play, right? That God doesn't just save you for you to just go to church. God saves you for you to play a role in his church, right? More than ever, right? Because the church, we keep seeing this, it's not just coming to a building, but it's being the people of God exactly where we are, Right? The apostle Paul says this to the church in Corinth, and he says this to us today, that this is God's intention all around, that, listen, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, right? That all of us, right? Picture this, right? That Christ is the head, and all of us are part of his body. And every single part of your body has a function, right, that you can't live without some parts of your body. Some of us, we can argue and says I can live without this, I can live without that. But the reality is, man, you ever stub your toe, your little toe can make your whole body hurt. Why? Because it's part of the whole thing, right? So you don't think about your toe until you stub it. And then you go, oh my God, it's the worst pain ever. Why? Because it's all connected. You know, your, your, your muscles and your bones, it's all part of the same structure that makes the body. And God is saying, that's how I intend for the church to be. There's one head, and all of us get to play a role in this thing called the body of believers. Each person, my friends, is spirit-filled to fulfill a specific role. And some of you are blessed enough to have more than one role. And the Bible says the more you're giving, the more responsibility you have. So sometimes it's better to just have one. okay? But if you have more than one, guess what? God is trusting you with more. But the reality is this. I want to say this. The church was never meant to be a one-man show, right? Somewhere down the line, we, we made it about the pastor or the priest, right? But the church was always, was about to be about the body of believers coming together. And I wanna take a moment today and really teach this because I think it's important to understand this, that we are the church. We have a saying, we is the church. We is the church, Why? We, plural, is together one body. Right, of believers, right? And the Bible is clear on that, that God, yes, He's got certain callings for certain people, but that everyone has a role to play in that calling, right? So let's look at the role of a pastor, for example, right? In Ephesians 4, it tells you this now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So these people are gifted to bless the church, right? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Did you catch that? That the pastor's responsibility is simply to equip the church, the people, to do the work and build up the church, right? In other words, the way I look at it is church for me is more like a locker room, right? That my job is to do my best to equip all of us to do the work of the ministry, right? My job is not to play every single role in the game, right? My job is to just play the role of equipping and trusting that everyone who, is, who, are, who are listening to God's word are saying, hey, I have a role to play, right? And depending on your gifts and your talent, you have to figure out what is that role that God has for you to play, but guess what? All of us are called to play a role in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? And so we're here right now getting equipped. Like the whole purpose of us gathering online is to be equipped. In other words, we're getting the game plan to go execute, right? If you're paying attention, every week God is adding to that game plan. Every week God is trying to teach you, okay, here's a game plan for your marriage. Here's a game plan for your children. Here's a game plan for your business. Here's a game, but all of it is what? Is to build the church, right? It goes on to say in Ephesians 4.16, Watch this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does his own special work. It helps the others, the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How cool is that? That if I play my role and you play your role, guess what? All of us fit together perfectly to do exactly what God calls us to do. That's why I believe God calls you to a specific local church so you can play a specific role. Right? I always tell people, never just come to this church, pray and ask God, why do you have me here at this specific local church? Because this local church has a specific calling that you want me to fit in, because if you don't do that, you're going to be a piece of puzzle that's out of whack. And, and if you ever done puzzling, the worst thing is to not have the right piece. You ever try to fit a piece that doesn't fit? It's frustrating, it's annoying, and I think that's why a lot of people in church are frustrating and annoying, because you're not asking God, where do I fit in the grand scheme of things? Right? So it's important, my friends, that I'm praying and asking God, what is my role in this? Right? So it's one body with many parts. Again, going back to Corinthians 12, here's how Paul describes the spiritual gifts, right? Go ahead to Corinthians chapter 12. Chapter 12. (laughs) Here we go. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us, right? A spiritual gift is giving to each of us so we can help each other. It's not to help you. It's to help somebody else, right? To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Thank God for those people. We always have that wise advice because they're spirit-led, Right? To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, right? Sometimes people just have that revelation in the moment because the spirit gives them. And he goes on, the same spirit gives great faith to another. Like some people, they have crazy faith. We all have faith, but some people, they have that crazy faith that you're like, I need that person to be praying with me, right? And, and to someone else, the, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Thank God that we can see healing, and that's when people have that gift, right? He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or speaking in tongues, right? While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, Right? I've been in a service where I, someone spoke something in tongues and someone else was able to interpret it and it's like the most amazing thing in the world. Right? It is one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. My friends, this will take away a lot of frustrations that we have in church. It's the spirit that decides which gift you should have. So the worst thing we can do is compare each other's gifts. We should be celebrating each other's gift because that means we're all covered. If I need something, there's someone in the church who has that gift and that ability, right? So it's not about one or two people, it's about all of us playing the roles that God has for us to play, and he's the one that decides, right? So when you're jealous of somebody, you're you're wasting your time. Because you should be asking, what is it that you put in me, God, that I need to be bringing out? Because I just want to play the role that you created for me to play. My friend. spiritual gifts is given to edify the body. This is where a lot of people go wrong. They think it's about themselves. But it's to edify the body. Matter of fact, if you're not using the gifts to bless other people, God might take it away and give it to somebody else who's going to bless other people, right? There's nothing worse than a Christian who is selfish. Because he still thinks that God gifted him for himself, right? And those gifts are going to be squandered, and they're not going to be, be able to help others if you don't realize that, man, I'm only blessed to be able to be a blessing to other people. In whatever capacity God is trusting me with, can you say amen? So my friends, I believe this should be our prayer. All of us should be praying this specific prayer, Lord, make me use, a useful part of your church. Make me a useful part of your church. Like, I just want to play my role. You know, Pastor Steve, you heard from him last week. He's my pastor. He's our pastor. But he always says to us, listen, if God just trusts you to go in the parking lot and clean up the parking lot, you're blessed. Because you get to play a role and be useful in his hands. And matter of fact, if God can't trust you to clean up the parking lot, how can he trust you with something else? Because all of it is a test to see, can I trust you with more? Right, to him much is given, much is required. And the Bible says God only adds to those who are being faithful to the little. Right, so, so Lord, make me a useful part of your church. Can you say amen? I never prayed to be a pastor. I just prayed, God, I just, I just pray that you can use me. If you, there's an old song that says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You know, so make me useful part of your church. I pray we pray that all week long. Lord, make me a useful part Of your church. Because at the end of the day, it's about serving. I play my role in serving others, in serving the bigger picture that is the church, right? Serving, my friends, is a lifestyle, right? And there's a saying if serving is beneath you, then leading is beyond you, right? If you can't serve, you can't lead, right? The CEO of heaven became the servant of all. Jesus is the CEO and he became basically the custodian to lead us on this journey. And he said, I came to serve and not to be served and to give my life as a ransom for many. If the CEO is a servant of all, then guess what? All of us are called to serve, right? And he says, the greatest among you is a servant of all, right? And the greatest compliment that he gave someone was John the Baptist. He said, man, that man, there's nobody like John the Baptist. Why? Because he understands his role. Right? I love John the Baptist because he has one of those really powerful prayers. There's a small prayer in the Bible, but sometimes it's overlooked. But when John the Baptist was doing ministry, man, he was famous. He was known, right? And people were coming to him and getting baptized by him. But he knew, hey, I'm only here to set up the real deal, which is Jesus. Right? And, he, and he had this amazing prayer. He said, Lord, may I decrease that you may increase. Right, that's someone who understands how to be useful. Lord, I just want to decrease that you may increase in me. Make me useful in your hands. I want to say this again. If serving is beneath you, then leading will be beyond you. We are gifted to serve. Matter of fact, we have a saying, we are servant leaders, right? Not leader servants, servant leaders, right? Servant leaders are the people that will change the world. Right? Some of the people that we emulate in society were servant leaders. Mother Teresa was a servant leader. Martin Luther King Jr. was a servant leader. Right? Nelson Mandela was a servant leader. Like all these people understood. I'm gifted and talent to serve, to be a blessing to others. Can you say amen? So right now in this pandemic, as you know, I like to get practical. How can we serve in the season? Right? Because we're like, we're not here. How can we serve? We're not in our teams. How can we serve? I believe we can still serve. I want to give you some practical ways that all of us could be serving right now in this season, right? And you guys can begin to get ready uh, as we are going to close in a second here. But look, how to serve right now? Number one way to serve right now is to serve your family, right? We're spending so much time at home right now. We should be praying, God, how can I serve my family right now? The Bible says Joshua made a confession. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? And we say this over and over again. Church starts right at home. And if that's true, I should be asking, Lord, how can I serve my family? I believe marriages would be so blessed if spouses were asking, how can I serve you? Vice versa, right? Husbands, serve your wives. Wives, serve your husbands. And then serve your children. And then teach your children to serve. How, how cool would it be And when you got a family unit where everybody's serving each other. Right? And create an atmosphere that all of us plays a role in serving each other right now. The second place we can all serve, serve your neighbors. My friends, this pandemic is not time for us to just look at ourselves. But it's to say, God, how can I be a blessing to my neighbors? How can I practically bless someone that is around me. Who is your neighbor? Anyone who's around you is your neighbor, right? Especially the the vulnerable uh, group of people right now, the elderly, right? Let's serve them. Let's find ways to be connected with them. The third way you can serve right now is by serving your city, right? How do you serve your city? Right now, every week, we've been doing the food pantry to serve our city. No questions asked, anyone could come and get food. But guess what? every week the the struggle that we have is there's no food uh place right now for us to buy food in bulk there's no place so we need everyone to bring stuff to the food pantry so we can continue to serve our city that means all of us can serve our city all of us can play a role on tuesdays we'll be giving out gift cards as of this week we've given out close to a thousand gift cards why because we have a hungry city who is looking for someone to say, hey, can you bless me? Can you help me in this need? So we all can serve our city. And guess what? All of us can serve online right now. If you're watching this right now, I want to encourage you, don't just watch the broadcast. You can serve. How can you serve right now? You can host a watch party for your friends. Right? This this could be a great platform for you to... Show your friends the love of God, the love of Jesus. And interact with them, pray with them. Like go back and forth, right? You can serve by simply hosting a watch party and say to your friends, hey, can we talk about this? Do you need prayer for anything? Is there anything I can help you with in your journey right now? So all of us could be serving as we speak. Listen, we have three different platforms, YouTube, Facebook and the website, and we need people to be engaging, to be praying, to be talking, to be welcoming people, and to be hosting watch parties so all of us could be serving. And lastly, you can serve by giving. Did you know that everything we do here is because of the generosity of the people? And right now, all of us can give into this mission so we can continue to do the work of the ministry. You know, it's amazing to me that people outside of the ministry don't understand the power of giving because they're so consumed by money and greed that they think all of us are consumed by money and greed. But the reality is we're consumed by a mission to be able to bless people and to help people. And we know that when we give, we're being a vehicle of God's blessing, an avenue of God's blessing, and that when we're giving, we're giving God access to also bless our homes, bless our children, bless our finances, and so right now, you can text to give, or you can go online to give right now, like, that's another way to serve, Uh, I love what the psalmist says, he said, I've been old... I've been young and old I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Why? Because when you give God always takes care of you. We always say this, when you take care of God's house, God will always take care of your house. So there's many ways to serve, my friends. It all comes down to understanding that I was saved, I was spirit-filled to play my spirit role. Whatever capacity God has trusted you to play. If you're a father, you have a role to play. If you're a mom, you have a role to play. If you're single, you have a role to play. If you're, if you're a teenager, you have a role to play. If you're a businessman, you have a role to play. Whatever it is, God is filling you with the spirit so that you may play the role that he created you to play. But my friends, it all is possible when you surrender your life to Jesus. Jesus said, I came to give my life, to serve the world by giving my life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. And so right now I believe some of you, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Serving will never make sense if you're in control of your own life. You will always be selfish. It will always be about you. But Jesus said, if you wanna come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So the first step to life in Jesus is to surrender. It's to say, Lord, I don't wanna live my own life. I wanna live the life you created me to live. I wanna be spirit-filled, that I may live the spirit, my spiritual role that you have for me. So for some of you, would you pray with me right now and let Jesus come into your life and become the Lord, the savior of your life. I'm gonna pray this prayer. I'm gonna trust that you, where you are right now, watching, you're gonna pray with me because you know God's speaking to you and he's saying, yes, surrender. I want to come into your life. I want to forgive you of your sins. I want to give you a brand new start, and I want to fill you with my spirit. So let's pray together. Would you say, Father, I heard you today, and I'm ready to surrender my life. I want to be spirit-filled. So Jesus, forgive you my sins, come into my life. I want to deny myself. I want to take up my cross, and I want to follow you, Lord, and I want to live in the fullness of your will. So come, Holy Spirit, fill me, that I may live according to your will. I may embrace the role that you have for me. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share it with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.